Hello, welcome to the latest episode of IntelliCast, the Easter edition, season three, episode 17. Um, joining me today, producer Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you? <laughs> okay, we have a delay. Um, and then special guest today, Courtney Sanfis. Hello, Courtney. Hello, I'm happy to be here. I think, have you been on before? I think you have, right? No, I haven't. This is the first time. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Um, We'll introduce you in a second. First, we have sponsors to mention. Our sponsor is EMI Research Solutions. That's where we're all employed. And you can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. You can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. And you can please leave us a voicemail or text. You can call us at 513-401-5463. Please leave us a rating or tell us how we're doing via um, however you're listening to this or let us know. We love the feedback. Um, I'll introduce Courtney. Courtney, you have a weird job title, first of all, right? I do. Yes. What is your <laughs> job title? Um, so I'm account management right now. So project manager, research director, and then I also do our wellness at EMI. So that's kind of like a fun subset of something we do. We do all kinds of healthy challenges. It's, you know, monthly updates. We do workouts when we're in the office. So kind of just like a wellness officer as well. Um, it's something I'm passionate about and it's been really exciting for me to be a part of. Yeah, you do. Um, I mean, obviously, you've been at EMI for a few years, and um, you're kind of changing roles a little bit now. But um, let's touch on the wellness stuff for a second. Now is probably an important time for wellness. Would you agree with that statement? 100%. Um, I have been studying it closely on all kinds of different immunity recipes that you can do and green teas you should be drinking. So it's been really fun for me to kind of dive in um, and listen to some experts and kind of take a full circle their advice on what to be doing during a pandemic of such. Yeah, and I, um, that's awesome you've done that, especially now because physical health and mental health are so important in times like this. And, you know, when um, there's probably a lot of anxiety out there, especially for those that are less fortunate than us and um, trying to stay mentally healthy and physically healthy. I, I think one of the big drivers of success with this virus is if you're already healthy, then you have such a significantly better chance of surviving it. And so Working from home causes increased anxiety. So right now is really a time to kind of focus on the health stuff. This wasn't even on the agenda, Courtney. We're talking about it. <laughs> hey, works for me. Works for me. <laughs> and here's a couple fun facts about Courtney. Um, number one, we, Courtney and I, for three straight years, have eaten fried chicken together. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fried chicken day that um, is one of my favorite traditions at EMI. What about you, Courtney? It's the best. It I can kind of touch on how it started. Okay. Um. So because I, you know, try to eat healthy and work out a lot, Brian challenged me to see how many pieces of fried chicken that I could eat, and it turned into this big thing. Um, we're both from Southern Kentucky, so it came. Um, we have to go get KFC and make it this, you know, big ordeal. So now it's something that we literally put on the EMI calendar every year and it's tradition. So it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It really blew up. And for me, you know, we've known each other, we've sat by each other for years, so we know each other pretty well, but, um, I see you eating healthy every single day. I joke around with your gruel. You are um, very, very healthy. You go to the gym every day. You're on a very strict regimen and, um, um, routine about this. And so I'm like, I want to see you eat something unhealthy. 
And you always said, well, I eat unhealthy on the weekends and sometimes at night. You know, I'm kind of a normal person, right? Well, I never get to see that aspect of Courtney. So that's why this started. And I was very impressed with the amount of fried chicken that you can eat. And, um, you know, like a normal, you know, a normal serving size. Is, <laughs> that's really all it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's blown up. The whole office does it. And we take lots of pictures. Um, it's in November. Um, so it's, it's we still have a ways to go. We, It'd be nice if we could do one when we get back, maybe. But I'm sure you won't want to because of it's pool season soon, right? I was just going to say that. That's one other thing that is on the requirement. It has to be bulk season, holiday season, where we can eat all we want and it not be out in the pool or the beach. So that's another requirement. It has to be bulk season. Yep. Um, and that's fried chicken day. And another part of um, Courtney is that she is – we're kind of family members, right? We are, yes. So – I, um, I'll try to tell this story. I don't know how this happened, but we both found out that our mother's maiden name is Baker. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So we're both from Kentucky, as she mentioned a second ago. Both of our mother's maiden name is Baker. Um, so it's like obvious. We're duh. We're family. And then <laughs> we have another family member with the same name too. Is that right? We do. Uh, Juanita. Yes, my Juanita. grandmother's my yeah, my grandmother's name was Juanita Baker, and I believe that's your grandmother. My grandmother's sister, so my great aunt okay. named All Juanita, right. and so I mean clearly we're related, and we joke around about this in the office forever. We're going to get at some point a DNA test, and it drives <laughs> other people crazy, um, but we're we're going to get this done at some point. I love it. Yes, we are. It's going to be the best uh, red zone reveal. Maybe that goes down in EMI history. Yes. Well, so we have to find a genealogist. That's one of the rules. Um, and we're going to do it, Jerry, was not Jerry Springer style. Um, what's this? <laughs> Maury Pope style. Maury. That's right. Yeah, we'll do it more. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's um, a little bit about Courtney's history at EMI non-work related. <laughs> um, Brian, you want to get into kind of some current events and news? Sure. Yeah. So we had uh, some news break around the 2020 Democratic primaries. You would think normally at around this time, this is all we'd be talking about, but I don't think you and I have talked about it for a good three weeks. Um, We had Bernie Sanders suspend his presidential campaign yesterday. Yep. About time. um, Because, I mean, it's what a weird time for our country. And you can't go on a campaign and you, I mean, there's no debates going on. It's really the news is dominated by coronavirus. So, I mean, Bernie Sanders was so far behind. He really didn't have much of a shot. And so, but I'm surprised he did it like immediately after like some election in Wisconsin. Like, why did, I don't know why he did that. Um, But yeah, we're down to Biden and um, Donald Trump, two other old white guys. Um, And while the other one dropped out. Um, did y'all vote yet in Kentucky, Courtney? I don't even know that. No, not yet. I don't believe so. Yeah, I think your election's later than ours, and we're doing it by mail, and so I have to request a mail-in ballot. But um, wow. yeah, elections are weird, and um, these are just the primaries. Who knows what's going to happen come November? But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like I, mean, I could have said this was coming. You know, I I could have seen it coming, but it did surprise me when he like decided to announce he was dropping out. That was kind of surprising, but I figured it was coming here shortly. That's all yeah, I have to say. I agree. About that. I mean, yeah, it should have been done a few weeks ago. That's it. Everyone knew it was coming. So, 
Uh, uh, you want to move on to some market research news? Yeah, I think there's a lot of news going on. Yeah, this is a surprising one. So let's start off. Um, the Insights Association put out some research that almost a third of qualitative agencies have moved a majority of their face-to-face work online in response to COVID-19. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that only a third have moved online. And so, um, you know, we work, we're fortunate that we're working online quant. I think that traditional qual is obviously going to have some challenges and this is really going to expedite online qualitative. So there, there, I mean, if there are winners in this, it'd be online qualitative research as people try to move focus groups and individual interviews and, you know, you can do really cool stuff online and those that were probably slow to adopt it are going to be much more open at this point because you can't really do in-person research at this point. So, um, I would expect that number will grow. And if they can execute it, I think that this could be, you know, a long-term effect. Courtney, what do you, what do you think? I totally agree with you. Um, it's been interesting to see just some requests that have come over about people just um, looking to recruit a certain audience to get into like some type of Teams Zoom meeting or a Skype yeah. business. They're trying to do it all virtually still, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, technology really helps us out in this aspect when we go through something so unexpectedly um, that happens to our industry. But I, I love to see that people are, you know, taking the initiative to still do the research um, and just making it work with our technology that's available to us at this time. Yeah, and I think there, you know, there's certainly lots of advantages with online qual. Um, not an ex- I'm certainly, I used to be more of an expert on it, but the newest, uh, we need to do like a training internally to learn more about online qual because we get, like you mentioned, so many more requests and, um, it's a topic that I'm out of touch on. So if anybody out there is an expert on online qualitative, all the, all the various things that you can do, because you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, let me know. And maybe we can have, we, we beg you and ask you to come, um, educate our team on it. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. All right. Our next piece of news, there has been a bunch of industry chatter on LinkedIn and other social media platforms about some of in, some of the industry layoffs that are happening because of COVID-19. Um, as part of that, the Insights Association has called on insight companies to sp- suspend non-compete agreements for people who have been laid off due to COVID-19. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, this is a tough topic to, to kind of approach, but there were um, apparently quite a few layoffs in the past couple of weeks, which um, became somewhat public. Dave Carruthers, who is, um, he's a thought leader. You probably have seen him present at conferences. He's the CEO of Vox Potme. He got wind that some of these companies were potentially holding people that were let go to a non-compete. And so he posted about it on LinkedIn, and it went pretty crazy. Um, As I'm staring at it right now, 107 comments, 519 people liked his statement. But basically, he was not happy about it. A lot of people jumped on board, um, which I, you know, makes sense. You know, we're it's a tough time right now during a pandemic, and I, I think everybody understands that the financial situation of companies. If you have to let people go or furlough them. I mean, as an owner of a company, that's what you have to do. I think that most of us would agree with that. But holding them to a non-compete um, is, is tough. Um, and then 
you know, kudos to the Insights Association for making a, a quick, very quick statement on it. Just a couple of days later, they came out and basically said, you know, what you said is that um, that typically they don't win in court, and there could be some ramifications towards it, and that we want to keep talent in industry. And so, yeah, it's it's a tough situation, especially for those that were let go. Um, but it's become kind of a hot topic. Um, Courtney, did you see it on LinkedIn? Have you been reading about this? I did. Um, I have to say, I definitely appreciate where he's coming from. Um, like, as you mentioned, I think everybody understands with going through something um, of this you know, severity that it's bound to happen um, for certain companies. Um, but I, I do appreciate someone kind of standing up for those people and um, helping them try to get them on their feet. It's just a scary time. And honestly, I don't know, you know, how much normal is going to go back. Um, I think things are going to change, you know, for, for the rest of time. I think I think this is something that, you know, we're going to be um, reading about in history books down the line. And it, it seems like something that happens, you know, one every 100 years. So definitely something that I think is going to make a big impact. Um, and I appreciate someone kind of stepping up and, uh, you know, taking that approach and going against maybe what the norm may be right now. Yep. And I'm going to read part of the statement, and then I'll let you comment on it, Brian. Um, they said that um, we have IA opposes non-compete agreements absent full compensation because the marketing research and data analytics industry needs to focus on recruiting the best talent, retain staff and keep those staff satisfied, maintain or grow the size of our industry, keep the great talent we have within our industry, and contribute to a nationally consistent policy and treat human beings fairly. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. Brian, do you have any thoughts on this topic? Yeah, um, I like that they've come out with a statement because um, they are taking the approach that, hey, we're all human here. We all have families to take care of. This is a tough time. You, We saw the no- unemployment numbers come out this morning. We're at record levels now. I saw one article. We're at 10% of the workforce essentially is been laid off in the last three weeks. So you don't right. want to stop someone from finding something else. But I do want to mention on, through the comments, I did like how there are lots of comments throughout there that saying, Hey, we're still hiring or here, let me help you find, if you need help, contact me for X, Y, and Z, whether it's a resume review or, Hey, if you need a rep, need me to introduce you to somebody, you could see those sprinkled throughout all of those comments. And it, that's great to see that everyone's willing to step up and help everybody else. Yep, absolutely. And I've, you know, I've seen a couple other things recently. I know that a lot of companies are taking advantage in the U S it's called the cares act. Um, which, you know, I think that if you're a small business like we are, um, you could get a loan for salaries. And if you don't let people go, the loan is just forgiven. And I think there's a similar, similar law in Canada and a similar law in the UK and probably other countries as well, that a lot of companies, I know there's some bigger companies that are taking advantage of that, trying to keep as many people on board as possible. Yeah. All right. Our next item is that new MR has put out a new COVID-19 report. Um, This one is a bit different from some of the ones we discussed last week. This one was actually a survey of over a thousand market research and insight professionals. Um, Brian, you, I know you took, you read this. What are some of your thoughts on this? I took, I took the survey um, a couple times actually, I did like, first of all, I did like how they used an, an emoji scale, which I think now is probably a good time to start testing on a scale like that. It was like a happy face and a frown face and, and various forms of that. Um, 
I love, I mean, this is a great survey and they have a ton of facts, just kind of the highlights of it is, is pretty long. And if you download the full report, I don't remember how many pages is this, but I feel like it's like 50 or 60 pages. Um, it gets into like by country and different types of people. Um, it's just an amazing report um, that New MR is doing. So, I mean, they always put out a lot of great content and, and I love the title of it. It just says wave one, meaning there's going to be additional waves. And so they'll probably trend it and um, see some really cool stuff. One of the things um, they talked about, how do you feel personally today is the main question is very sad face it was only 2% of people. Um, so most people are kind of in the middle. There were 39% were happy. Um, 7% very happy. And so um, not as bad as I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit more sad faces, I guess. Tortney, did you get a chance to look at that? I did. I thought that was that was also interesting. Um, I think it's cool that people are still, you know, not showing, you know, hopefully that they're, they're so sad during this time and they're able to find things that make them happy and have the ability to work from home. Um, that's one thing that I definitely um, just am thankful for during this time is to be able to work for a company that allows me to still work from home um, and be able to still do my daily, you know, duties and not feel like I'm missing out on anything or, you know, being out of work completely. So I thought that was super interesting, um, and it made me feel good that other people are so happy uh, during this time as well. <laughs> Maybe they're using some of your best practices for wellness, Courtney. Let's hope That's so. right. Absolutely. Um, 70 countries, which was kind of cool. Uh, I think Iceland was on there, Peru, Vietnam. So um, I would recommend if you have a few minutes downloading that report and, and reading it, and it's a, kind of a good summary of our industry. Yeah, and we'll link to it in our show notes. I do have one question for you on this, Brian. Are you part of that 5% that mentioned that they are still working at an office? Oh, God. Um, no, I consider myself to be working from home and um, occasionally going rogue and sneaking into the office with um, just to get a little bit of extra work done in off hours while still practicing all of what the CDC recommends in terms of social distancing. <laughs> so, yeah, I work from home. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other one was the expectation of having more time. Of, it asked, talks about, uh, was there an expectation of having more time on your hands because you're working from home? It says, suggests only about a quarter of us have had plenty of spare time. I know me personally, I feel like I've been busier and I've had less free time and spare time since this has started. Yeah. I don't know what you guys have seen well, or felt. For me, I feel like I'm very, very busy at work. My days are so full. Um, but I'm honestly, I am mentally exhausted quicker than before. And I'm assuming that's partially due to just the COVID stress and other things that related to the stress, right? All of the, you know, we can't do a lot of things. So I, it's hard for me to work past 5, 5.30, most days. And so I do feel like I have a lot of extra time. I've been doing a lot of yard work. I've been walking, um, just taking walks more. Um, but maybe, maybe I don't, it's just might be my perception. I don't know. Courtney, how do you feel about that? I totally agree. I feel like work-wise, we're so busy. Um, and I just, I get so caught up in things that I'll look down and it's two o'clock already. And I'm like, what the heck, where did the whole morning and early afternoon go? Um, 
So I agree. I just feel super busy, um, which is good for me. I feel like it gives me something to concentrate on instead of all the craziness of, you know, just sitting there watching the news 24 seven that could make anybody go crazy. Um, so it's been helpful for me to kind of have a nice distraction and have something that I can still be super committed to. Um, and that keeps me busy during the day. I also been trying to get out, walk my dog, you know, two to three times a day. Those walks really helps me kind of get some fresh air, take a break and kind of regroup before I come back um, and start working again, honestly. Uh. (laughs) And we've, um, we've been pretty fortunate for the, for the most part, we've had pretty good weather. Um, We've had some amazingly beautiful days, which has helped things. You know, yesterday we had um, tornadoes and high winds and storms. And there's a lot of people without power, including myself. Um, And so What's worse than being quarantined? Well, maybe a tornado on top of it and no power. So it's such a crazy time. I was joking. I was like, I don't know how much more my anxiety can take of 2020 with Kobe Bryant's death and the coronavirus and tornadoes. I'm just, I'm at my wit's end, I think. You know, it wasn't that long ago where, gosh, it was probably a month ago, which is crazy. It feels like three months, but we were in the office complaining about the time change. And how it affected our lives. And at this point, I would give anything that the worst, the biggest problem in my life was the time change. So true. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Give me three hours. Give me three hour time change swings every day, back and forth. I'll take it. Right. I'd rather (laughs) have that than this. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. All right. Our next news story is... I know we talked about one of these. We saw another large company last week take some cost-cutting measures. Well, this week, Ipsos announced that they've introduced some cost-saving measures, partly because they expect their Q1 results to take a hit due to the coronavirus. Yeah, I think um, they publicly, since they're a public company, you get a lot of information out of them. But they said orders were down 40% in March. Um, significant volume of cancellations, postponements. And so they're a giant company and um, they've probably had some layoffs. I'm not aware of it, but cost cutting measures immediately is, I think it's a good sign that they're taking immediate action, which will hopefully protect a lot of their assets, especially the employees longer term. Um, Their stock price, I guess, went down a little bit, Um, but um, they seem confident that they'll get through it and, you know, it stinks for a lot of companies, and Ipsos was one of the first ones that kind of released what they're doing to save money. Um, Courtney, any thoughts on this? There's a big Ipsos contingent here in Cincinnati, by the way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's one of those things that's not, you know, super surprising with what we're going, you know, through right now. But I I like their approach of getting it out there, but also then still, you know, having the confidence that things are going to bounce back and get better um, as we work through this. And, you know, they're not the only company obviously struggling to get through this time. So it's important for just everybody to stay together in that community. And um, like I said, I think things will get better eventually. It's just going to be maybe a tough few months uh, moving forward. Yep. Any more news, Brian? Yeah. I uh, oh, No, that was it. But one last thing on that story was, I think they mentioned that a large portion of their down revenues was because of their face-to-face work essentially has evaporated yep. because of cancellations. Yeah. They've had a little bit of in other areas, but it was mostly driven from their face-to-face, which I think said was a third of their business. Is that right? Yeah, they're, 
they do they have a huge qualitative component um they do a lot of mystery shopping they do tons of face-to-face stuff and they're global so <clears throat> companies like that you know it's they're very diverse but yeah when you lose a third of your business that's that's just a huge hit It'll be interesting, too, to see if all these postponements, you know, all hit at once. So maybe, you know, the jobs that aren't launching now, what if everything comes through June, July, August, and, you know, we have a huge uh, big quarter there. So it'll be interesting to see how things uh, pan out. Yep. I like the optimism. (laughs) So do we want to – enough of the news. Do we want to have some fun? Yes, let's have some fun. Yes. Um, should we do a couple rants? Um, sometimes when we have guests on, we allow them to do a rant. I'm going to do a rant. Mine's research related. Courtney, do you have a rant? I do. Mine's non-research related. Well, let's see. How about I go first with my research rant and then I'll let you give a rant. Awesome. Okay. So, well, this is sort of research. Um, like most companies, we now do Zoom meetings all day long and we use Microsoft Teams my rant is just people can reach me in like 4,000 different ways. And so I'll have a Teams um, chat. Someone will chat me on Teams. Someone will send me a Skype message. I'll get a phone call on Teams. I'll get a text message on my cell phone. I'll get an email. Then I'll get another Skype. Then I'll have a Skype call. And then someone will try to FaceTime me. And sometimes, most, most of the time it's fine, but sometimes it is overwhelming with the amount of ways that people can kind of reach you. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. And that's just, we're just adjusting as an industry and um, how we just generally work with each other and how we communicate with each other. But, you know, we're early in on this, even though it's, I guess it's week four or towards the end of week four. But sometimes, I mean, it's just overwhelming because I might be on a Zoom call and like nine different ways people are trying to reach me while I'm on a call with a client. So that's my rant of the week. Any, Any feedback on that? I could not agree more. I am so sick of seeing my face on these virtual Zoom meetings. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, everywhere I pop up, I feel like my face is on like a hundred different screens. Um, So I I totally understand where you're coming from. I feel like I could be reached and available at any time of the day, any second. So it's definitely interesting. And hopefully we're just kind of working through, you know, our new normal for a while and things will settle down. But I agree. It is definitely overwhelming sometimes. I did um, update my my um, profile picture with a slide I created that said, um, if you're on a zoom call, there is no, nobody's allowed to judge anyone based upon kids in the background, based <laughs> upon dog barking, based upon how messy your house is based upon how messy you may be. Maybe you didn't shower. Maybe you didn't shave um, lawnmowers in the background. It is a no judge zone. As far as I'm concerned indefinitely, because you know, it's about empathy. Like you have to understand people are going to wake up in a bad mood and not feel like getting ready for work. And then they have to be on a zoom call. Right. And you know, people are experiencing anxiety. And so that that's how I feel about it. I'm hoping more people are getting comfortable being on zoom calls. Um, Brian, any thoughts on this as well? Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about this offline where it started like, I don't want to be on camera. And now it's at the point, well, you know what? The camera's on for every meeting now. Let's just do this. Yep. So I've had yep. meetings yesterday where my kids got home. They came running in. Blake popped up and said hi to the person I was talking to, then ran off. They're like, well, are you kids? Yep. yep. Just It didn't even phase anybody. Yep. 
I've been on calls with people outside, um, you know, all kinds of crazy things that you see on camera. Someone, someone's going to have a really cool blog about pictures they've snapped of other people on Zoom calls and weird things they've seen. Um, I'm sure that'll happen soon. So my um, father-in-law put in a green screen just prior to this starting for Zoom calls. So he can change his, because you can put different Zoom backgrounds in, but you need that flat surface. He bought a green screen that is now behind him when he does his Zoom calls. I, I need a green, green screen myself because I really want to do some cool stuff with it. Um, all right, Courtney, here's your chance. You get a rant of the week. It's so funny. We are a family, Brian, because we didn't even plan this. And my rant literally goes hand in hand with what your rant is. So <laughs> on the flip side, my working from home fails is it never fails. My dog barks every time I have a call scheduled. I'm on a meeting. I'm he it's it literally blows my mind. He'll be dead asleep. I hear him snoring in the other room. And then all of a sudden I pick up the phone to dial and he starts whining or barking or wants to go outside. So that has, it prepared me for a child more than anything I could have ever said is having this dog during this quarantine time that he's a hound pointer mix. So his bark is definitely more of the hound side, um, very high pitched. So um, just keeping him under control with all my meetings has definitely been challenging. Um, on the flip side, I also have a cat, Mr. Lily, who wants to steal my computer chair. Every time I get up, I'll come back and he's just curled up sleeping on my chair. And <laughs> then I have to deal with him. Um, I'll move him. He jumps up. He's walking across my keyboard. He's rubbing his face on my screen. And I mean, I love my animals. You know more than anything. I'm a huge animal person. But being home 24-7, they just are like, Mom, what are you doing? Let's hang out. Let's play. Let's do something. So yeah. it's, been, it's been interesting. Yeah, I I think I thought about this the other day. We're disrupting our pets' lives, <laughs> um, which has an impact. My dog is a crazy person. It was already a crazy dog before this, and now she's so confused with why I'm home and, and um, the new routine for her. And so I can empathize with this. But I, again, I don't think – I think embrace it. Like there's dogs barking, there's kids, no anxiety for that. And if that, that's how I feel about it. I'm hoping the industry adopts that as well. Yeah, I love that. Get rid of that anxiety. It's just, yeah. it's just raw how we are. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, I've been on some calls and had, I've been on some calls and had some dogs barking in the background. People are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, don't apologize. It happens. I'm sure at some point <laughs> there's going to be some sort of interruption behind me. Yep. So. All right, well, let's get to get well, – I feel like we've got to know Courtney pretty well on this podcast, but this is our section, the four Ps, where we really get to know Courtney, and um, we'll ask you some personal questions. We get, we give you a few of these. Uh, we give you four different Ps. Are you ready for all four Ps, Courtney? I think so. I, I mean, I don't know how happy you're going to be with you know maybe some of my answers, but we'll see. We'll figure okay. it out. First P is perform. Courtney, do you have something that people don't know about you? Do you have a hidden talent? I do. Um, so recently with being home and having more time on my hands and recently just getting a new house, I've been super into interior design. So I'm spending more of my time um, just kind of researching different people who are experts um, interior design. And I've been, since I've already cleaned out all my closets and cleaned my basement out and everything needed, I'm going to start room to room in my house and just kind of spice things up a little bit. I think that that's good with change and it's just been kind of like a little hidden uh passion that i've had lately awesome 
I've read a lot of blogs about people. This is an opportunity to learn new things. And um, all I'm learning personally is how to eat more snacks. And <laughs> um, I am doing a little bit of yard work. I've, um, sometimes I find myself doing it. Like maybe it's a stress reliever in between meetings. I'll go out and like water the grass. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like, it's like 315. I'm watering the grass. <laughs> I love it. That's a good perform. All right. Next P. Pandemic. I like how we kept this one, Brian. <laughs> Pandemic. What are some funny things oh, yeah. about you that you're doing during the quarantine? So I don't think this is going to be really funny because I feel majority of America is doing this, but just binge watching so many Netflix shows. I mean, Tiger King, was, I flew through that, um, which that's a whole nother topic we can go into at a different day. Um, Ozarks. I, I really liked that show. I'm only on starting season two. Um, I started watching All American. I haven't really got a feel for that one yet. And then Money Heist is also on my list. So just really getting into new movies and shows. And usually I'm watching sports and not really getting the chance to kind of be in Netflix and see what it has to offer. So I'm excited. It's been fun. Yep, I'm doing the same thing. Um, Brian, you'll know this. That that Korean movie that just won Best Picture just came out on Hulu. I have big plans to watch that this weekend. Um, Brian and I talk about this stuff all the time. Parasite, yeah. Yes, that one, yeah. I'm pretty excited about watching that. All right, next P, um, last my is pride. What's your biggest source of pride or your biggest accomplishment? Oh, this is this was the one I was talking about. This is a yuck one. Um, but personally, my biggest pride was the day that I paid off my debt uh, myself. Oh, uh, so that was something. Yeah, that was just something I've been working on, and you know, it's it's tough to do sometimes. Um, but that feeling that I had that day, I mean, it's just it's kind of unexplainable. It's a great feeling. Um, I don't like feeling like I have to owe people anything, so yeah. it's definitely taught me how to budget and um, save my money. So that's that was been important to me. How long ago was that? My recent, like two months ago, okay. honestly. So it's taken me taken me some times, but hey, I like. Oh, to you're spend still money, young. That's so awesome. This big, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, this was a big step. Yeah, it's a huge step. That's awesome. Um, next P. Before we got on the air, you said you didn't have a Prince or a public story, which I'm really disappointed in. So the last P is podium. Top three of something, which I think I know what you're going to do here, but your top three of something. I am. I'm keeping it Kentucky. We're going top three best UK men's basketball players. Okay. And this was tough because, you know, it's hard to think about their career, you know, at Kentucky rather than, you know, when they went into the NBA and what they had to offer then. Um, so this this was kind of tough for me. And I think we're going to get lots of different answers for people who lived in different generations. So it should be interesting. Um, my top three are number one, Anthony Davis. Number two, John Wall. Okay. And number three, Anton Walker. Okay. All right. I have an, I have an opinion on this. Okay. Okay. Um, Anthony Davis would be in my top three. Even though he played at Kentucky only one year, he was, I think, National Player of the Year, National Defensive Player of the Year. He won the MVP of the 2012 NCAA Tournament, um, won a national title, and um, it's the new era of college basketball. It's hard to argue against Anthony Davis, I think. He's just okay. amazing, as you can see from his pro career as well. Once you know, someday when they play NBA again, we'll get to see him play. Um, next for me, and I don't disagree with any of yours, by the way. I I was in school with Antoine Walker, and so um, he was incredible during his time. Um, and I'm a huge John Wall fan as well. But um, Jamal Mashburn. 
from my era, Joel Mashburn was would have been an incredible player in today's NBA. He was uh, super athletic. He was versatile. He could play any position. Um, he was on the famous 1992 Kentucky team that lost to Duke on the Christian Leitner shot, and he had fouled out before that shot. Um, but he was the best player probably in the nation. He got robbed for player of the year, but he's my second player. And then I'm going to get boring on my last one, Dan Issel. He's the all-time leading scorer. And um, he played in the '60s, but I'm gonna—I went three different eras there: present day, '90s, and then an old old school. But um, don't disagree with anything you said, Courtney. I thought we would. I fight love on it. That. This one was tough. I'm like searching top fifty players. I'm like, oh man, I could pick him. I could pick him. There's just lots to choose from there. I like yep. it. I miss Kentucky basketball. I'm sure you do too. That my March was um, very sad without Kentucky basketball. Did you see that they won the virtual tournament? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> of course, our fans um, hang the banner up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, do something. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Anything we missed, Brian or Courtney? I don't think so. No, um, not from my end. Well, thanks for listening. Next week or next episodes, we have all kinds of guests lined up for the next few episodes. So who knows how often we'll crank out? But uh, we appreciate your listening. Um, thanks for joining us. Please let us know if you have any feedback, any questions. Um, we'd like a rant if you have one, any topics. If you want to join the podcast, email us at intellicast.emi-rs.com. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.